I was um, kind of praying and seeing what it was that the Lord wanted me to say. And I know that we're in the midst of summer revival, and we're in the midst of revival. And one of the things that I find out <coughs> about, uh, about revival is that revival means that something's got to come back to life, all right? And in our life, as we go and as we maneuver and as we go through life, life has a way. And if we just all be honest, life has a way of uh, taking things away from us. Life has a way of depleting us. Life has a way of uh, subtracting stuff from us. And every now and again, in the middle or in the timing of this life as a believer, uh, we have to be replenished. Amen. We have to be uh, made alive again. And we have to be uh, refreshed, rejuvenated. Uh, in this walk that we live in. And so I thank God that we serve a God who knows when we need a refreshing. He He knows when we need a revival. He knows when we need a rejuvenation. He's that kind of God that he won't leave us like this. He'll come and refresh us when we need it. Amen. Because whether you know it or not, this life that we live in, it's a war. It's a battle. Amen. It's not one of those uh, easy come go uh, lucky kind of things. This walk that we live, this this walk that we walk, amen, it's not one of those walks where we walking on a bed of roses and skipping my loo uh, to, the, to the ring around the rosy kind of thing. No, this is a fight, amen. Every day that I live, I have to fight for the victory. Every day that I live, I have to war against hell and against the principalities of the devil so that I can continue to maintain the victory. Amen. And, and whether we know it or not, uh, you can't do this by yourself. Amen. You can't do this on your own. You have to have a supernatural power that we, 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 we need the Holy Ghost to help us live this life. You can't live this life in and of yourself. You can't live this life by yourself. You got to have the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You have to have the Holy Spirit and his help. The scripture calls him a comforter. That word means to be an aid, to be a helper. And I thank God that he didn't leave me helpless. He didn't leave me comfortless. But he gave me some help along the way. And his name is Jesus. Amen. And whether you know it or not, God, uh, the church as a whole, the church uh, as a whole across the world is in need of a revival. It is in need of a refreshing. It is in need of rejuvenation. Because the enemy knows that his time is short and Jesus is soon to return. And what he is attempting to do is he's trying to get as many as he can and can as many as he can get. But I thank God that I'm not going to be one of the ones that he can get and I'm not going to be one of the ones that he can can. I'm going to be one that will stand against the forces of the enemy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so... um, that was a particular scripture that I want to go to real quick, and we're going to have a little discussion, and then we're going to get over into uh, get out of your way. But in the book of John, chapter fifteen, the book of John, chapter fifteen, and we're going to look at starting at the fourth verse. I start at the first verse, and we'll see how far we get into this. Um, And I want you to know that we are living, as you get to John chapter 15, we're living in the last days. Amen. 
I, I want to make sure you get that reality that we're living in the last days. And, and the days are coming to a close. Jesus is soon to return. I was, I was, the one scripture says that the day of our redemption draweth nigh than when we first believed. It is closer than you think. And you can look across the world. You can look across your news channel. You can look across the TV and you can see that as this world is getting more perverse and as this world is getting more wicked, it is a sign that Jesus is on his way back. This is not the time to get loose and to get relaxed and to get comfortable. But this is the time that you got to make sure that whatever you do, you got to make sure that your anchor is in Jesus Christ now. Oh, I'm trying to help you. You need to make sure that your anchor is in Jesus Christ and not in yourself, not in this world, because the timing is coming to a close. The book of John, chapter 15, and I'm going to start at the first verse. Listen to what it says. I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. I like that. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Listen, he goes on to say, I am the vine. This is Jesus talking now. You ain't the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, somebody say without me. You can't do nothing. Stop. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and you are the branches. And I think that we have to readjust our thinking because I think sometimes we think we're the vine. You, me, and everybody else with our educated, good-looking, smell-good self are nothing without Jesus. I, I, need to, I need to make sure we understand that, that you, me, your college degree, your money in the bank, where you live. I know you raised five children on your own. I know you put three children through college. I know that you've been married for 52 years. But can I tell you something that without Jesus Christ, you are nothing. And I need you to look in, if, if you're in the car with somebody, if somebody with you, and if you ain't got nobody, let your window down and holler at somebody and say, you ain't nothing. Hallelujah. You ain't nothing, I ain't nothing, nobody in this room is nothing without Jesus Christ. You can't, and, and, and see, when we understand that we are not our own source, when we understand that I can't make nothing happen, when you understand that I can't make nothing, the scripture declares, who can add one cubit to his statue just by thinking about it? Or how can a leopard add spots to his body? You can't do nothing without Jesus. You can't do nothing, I can't do nothing. It's Jesus Christ that allows me to do everything that I can do. The book of Acts says that it is in him that I live, I move, and I have my very being. If you understand that, that means I'm not even living by my own self. 
I'm not even living by the breath that I'm breathing right now. The breath that I'm breathing, it belongs to him. Hallelujah. I, I said the breath that I'm breathing, the breath that I'm breathing right now, it belongs to him. It don't belong. I can't even breathe on my own. The, the ability to move and walk, I can't even do it by myself. It takes him. I can't do nothing, literally, without Jesus Christ. And, and, and I'm trying to bring us into the realization that the sooner we understand that you and I can't do nothing without him, the sooner and better, the sooner we'll become more dependent on him and less dependent on ourselves. This, this, listen, this world has us in a trend to believing that we can do all this on our own. That you can do this, you can do that, you can maneuver, you can, you can, and try to save yourself. But the scripture says that if you seek to save yourself, you're going to lose it. But he that loses himself, huh? He that loses himself, eventually, listen, you're going to find. So when I was looking at this, he says, I am the true vine. I am your source. I am everything that you need. When you understand that it's not you, it's him, your praise become a little different. Oh, glory to God. I'm sorry. When you understand that it's not because of me and it's not because of how well I save. It's not because of my 401k. It's not because of my Roth account. It's not because of my IRA. It's not because of my degree. It's not because of my job. It's all because of him. My praise hit a little bit different. Glory to God. I'll praise him because I understand that it's because of you that I have everything that I have. It's because, listen, I may not be in the house that I want. I may not be in the car that I desire. I may not have the career that I want. I may not have, my children may not be the way that I want them to be right now, but that ain't going to stop me from praising God. You know why? Because I realize that it's because of him that everything is as it is. Shout hallelujah. It's because of him that it is the way it is. And the enemy wants you to sit there and complain and be, uh, 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 and cry and weep about what's going on around you. But the sooner you realize that man, it could have been a whole lot worse. It could have been crazier. It could have been more, but because it's not, I got a reason to praise him. I said, I got a reason to praise him. When you understand that it's not you. He says, I am the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. You are the branches. Listen to this. Abide in me. And I in you. I'm going to say it again. Abide in me. And I in you. We live in this world. Right now, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. We live here, but we don't, uh, we're not of here. We're not from here. Y'all understand what I'm saying? We live in this world, but we are not of this world. Abide in me. I got a question. The question is, it's a rhetorical question. You can answer it for yourself. But the question is, where are you abiding? Where are you living? When Jesus says abide in me, I want you to understand this is not visitation. This ain't a, I'll 
come to you. I'll, I'll, I'll be in you when everything is going good. Or this is not a visitation of I'll come to you when everything is going bad, but as soon as things start going good, you know, I got it from here. We tend to have this attitude. When you talk about abiding somewhere, this becomes your living place. This becomes your dwelling. This becomes your home. This becomes where I live. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. This ain't a place that you come visit. This ain't a place that you come and have summer vacation. This is a place that I have to live 365 days a year, 24-7. I abide in him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he abides in me. Glory to God. I live in him, but here's the blessed part. He lives in me. Oh, y'all don't know when to get excited, I tell you. But I need you to look in your car, holler at your neighbor, and tell him he lives in me. Do you realize who's living on the inside of you? Listen, if you're a born-again believer, throw your hands out the window. Let me see where you're at. I mean, if you're born again and you know the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, I need you to make some noise and I need you to wave your hand. Show me some sign that he lives in you. Hallelujah. Listen. If he time to talk, I'm talking about the one that spoke and said, let there be light. And it was like he lives on the inside of you. I'm talking about the water walker, the dead raiser, the one that made the dumb to talk, the lame to walk and the maimed to be healed. I'm talking about that person lives on the inside of you. He lives inside of you. If he lives in me, if he lives in me and I live in him. One, one, one songwriter says that every day with Jesus gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. When you, let, when you live in him and he lives in you, the hope of glory that lives on the inside of you, when he lives in you and you live in him, the, the impossible stuff becomes possible. I'm trying to help us. That when you got him in you and he's in, in when he's in you and you in him, the st- with man it's impossible. But with God, all y'all y'all think it's some stuff. Y'all think it's a few things. But my Bible declares that with God, all things. I don't care if you sick in your body. I don't care what's going on with your children. I don't care what's going on with your career and your job. I don't care what's going on with your finances. If you got some impossible situations, that's a time to shout because that's a time that God can show you his power. That, that's a time that God can show you how strong he is because in your weakness, that's when he's made strong. We don't like weak situations. I'm going to be honest. As a human, we don't like to be weak. We don't like to be in a place where we don't know how it's going to work out, how it's going to be done. We don't like being in that place. But that's your human nature. that's That's your flesh talking. That's your flesh way of thinking. But when you abide in him, and he abides in you. You'll sit like Jesus and go to sleep on a, in a storm. Because you already know that because he lives in me. And I live in him. I don't care what's going on around me. I'm going to come out all right. 
I need you to holler at somebody and say, I'm going to come out all right. I don't know. I got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. I don't know how it's going to be, but it's going to be all right, sister. It's going to be all right, brother. It's going to be all right in your house. It's going to be all right in your marriage. It's going to be all right in your body. It's going to be all right. Glory to Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because you got him living in you and you living in him. And that right there, friends, what Christ want us to realize. Don't abide in this world. Because this world, as you can see, is continuously changing. This world is continuously changing. It's not consistent. They'll tell you one minute that the, that the virus is going down. But then you turn back on the news the next day and they'll tell you it's going back up. And if you live in according to this world, you're going to be up and down just like this world. But if you get yourself in something that's consistent... If you get yourself in something that's faithful, if you get yourself in something that says uh, there's no shadow of turning in him, he ain't going to change. He's the God that changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If you get in him, hallelujah, I'm trying to not be too excited. But when you talk about living in something like that, you can ride the waves of this world. But I ain't got to worry about me being up and down because I live in somebody. And somebody lives in me that he ain't going to change on me. Your, your, your husband might change on you. Your wife might change on you. Your children might change on you. But man, I thank God that he ain't going to change on me. He's faithful even when I'm not. Glory to God. I can't live in this world because this world ain't got nothing to offer. Huh? This world ain't got nothing to offer. It'll have you up and down, up and down. If you live according to the stock market, you'll be up and down, up and down. If you live according to what your job is doing, you'll be up and down, up and down. If you live according to the inflation right now, gas prices jacked up, borderline in recession. If you live according to what you see, glory to God, you're going to have what you see. But if you live according to what you know, because what I know sometimes is contrary to what I see. Oh, y'all don't want that. I, I said, sometimes what I know is contrary to what I see. What you mean? I, know, I, I, I see that I'm sick in my body, but I know that I'm healed by his stripes. Y'all understand? I know I, I see that my children are crazy, but I know that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Sometimes what I know goes contrary to what I see. But I can't go off of what I see. I got to go off of what I know. And when I abide in him and he abides in me, it's stuff that I know. It's stuff that I come into knowledge of that this world can never show me. That this world can never give to me. Glory to God. Glory to God. He says, abide in me and I in you. I, I, I'm trying to finish. He says, abide in me uh, and I in you. Because here's the whole point. I want you 
as a born-again believer, to bear much fruit. I need you to bear some fruit. He said over that in the first verse, he says, every branch in me that bear not fruit, he take away. But every branch in me that, pur- that beareth fruit, he does something. He purgeth it. Now, this is an agricultural kind of term. And if you do some farming, you do some gardening, you do some, you know, some planting, you understand that purging means a, a cutting away or a cutting back. So that, here's the point of the cutting, so that you can give me some more. Some, listen, if you live any time in God, we've been cut on. Oh, you ain't got to be, I, I've been cut on. Here's the thing. His cutting on me, first of all, was not because of something that I was not doing. He was actually cutting on me because of what I was doing. He was cutting on me because of what I was producing. He was cutting on me because of the fruit that I was bringing forth. And because of what I was bringing forth, he says, I want some more of that. So what he do? He cuts on me. Now, if you've been paper cut, if you've been cutting up some onion or some bell pepper, you've cut yourself sometime. Cutting don't feel good. Cutting hurts. Cutting, glory to God, is not the most comfortable thing. Nobody said that being in Christ and Christ in you was going to be easy. Nobody said that you wouldn't have to shed some tears being in Christ. My grandmother would say, but I would rather shed my tears with Christ than to shed my tears without him. Oh, I I wish I had a witness. I I wish I had some folks that agree with me. I'd rather cry with him than to be happy without him. So he cuts on me. It's not good. It don't feel good. It doesn't, it's not comfortable, but he has a reason behind it. God never does anything without a reason. He don't just sit there and say, oh, I want to cut on Stephen today. Or, eh, I want to cut on my brother today. I ain't got nothing else to do. So I, I, I want to do some cut. No, no, no. When he go to cutting on you, he's got a purpose behind it. All you can feel right now is the cutting. But God sees the fruit that's going to come behind the cutting. God sees the praise that's going to come behind the cutting. This is why, listen, when people start exiting your life, don't go to crying. Don't go to being sad. Don't go to sitting there like, what in the world? Why are they leaving me? Why they ain't calling me? Maybe you need to start praising God because he says, I, I get that out of the way. I can give you what's next. I'll cut people out of the way. I'll cut your job out the way. I'll cut stuff. I'll let stuff be taken. The greatest mathematician that I know, it's not Albert Einstein. It's not Newton. The greatest mathematician that I know is God. Wait. In school, they taught us 
Two plus two equals what? Four. They taught me 10 plus 10 equals 20. The math that I'm taught in this world is I have to add to you so you can get more. If I subtract from you, you get less. Three minus two equals one. This is what they taught me in school. But then I took some time to start reading my Bible. And when I read my Bible, I said the math that he does don't even add up to the math that I learned. Because somehow God will subtract and divide from my life and I still end up having more than what I could have if he would have. Maybe y'all done been with my son. Maybe we got the same Jesus. Maybe we got the same God. Maybe we serve the same person. But I know that when God took my job, how in the world I was able to pay bills and still have more with no job than I did when I did have a job. I don't understand that. But that's the miracle working power of God. How you feed five, how you feed 5,000 people, not including women and children, with two fish and five loaves of bread? The math that God does don't make sense. But when you serve him, it don't need to make sense. Lord, have mercy. I don't need him to make sense. It might be crazy, but I don't care how crazy he got to do it, just long as he do it. And you think I want to abide in this world? You think I want to abide here? I want to abide where I know that he can do so much with little. I want to buy with somebody. I, I want to roll with somebody that can take little stuff and make it much. Roll with somebody that can take bad stuff and make it good. Make bitter stuff and turn it into sweetness. And I learned that when you roll with him, when stuff start being subtracted, stuff start being divided, I start learning how to praise him. I start learning. Everybody can praise him when you got added, when you got addition coming into your life. Everybody can't praise him when stuff start getting taken away. But in my season of subtraction and division, I start shouting. Y'all remember Gideon? Had all them men with him, and they thought they was going to take it. God said, you got too many. Cut some away. Cut, cut them away. Gave him a strategy. Cut them. They ain't no good. All right. I think we can still work with this, though. God said, nope, you still got too many with you. Cut some more. He cut them all the way down to 300 folk. And what God did with 300 didn't make sense to the natural mind. But that's why you don't live according to this natural mind. You have to live according to another mind. Let this mind be in you as it was in Christ Jesus. When you let that mind be in you, you can start looking at stuff a little bit different. This ain't how my story going to end. No, 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 no. It's going to be all right. Look at somebody and tell them it's going to be all right. Here I am. I'm done. He says this. I'm the vine. Stop thinking so much of yourself. You ain't nothing. Stop thinking so much of yourself. I, do you understand? Good you got self-confidence, but 
Stop thinking so much of yourself. I'm, I'm the vine, Jesus say, <laughs> and you the branches. I give you the supply. You don't give me the supply. And listen, he went on to say, I chose you. You didn't choose me. Prove it to me then. While we were yet sinners, when I wasn't thinking about Christ, when I was doing my own thing, he died for me. He didn't choose, you didn't choose him, he chose you. And listen, I'm so glad out of all the people he could have chosen, there are billions of people on this world. And out of all the people he could have chosen, he chose me. Do, do you understand how significant that is? Out of six point some billion people in this world, he chose me. And this probably don't make sense to you, but he chose me with my messed up self. He chose me with my jacked up self. Truth is, brother, as much as I get in Mount pulpits and preach, I don't always get it right. But he chose me. Oh, what manner of love that he hath bestowed upon us. If it was left up to me, I wouldn't have chose me. If it was left up to me, I probably wouldn't have chose you. I would have chose something more perfect, you know. But he chose the imperfect. That's me. He chose the flaw. That's me. He chose the ones that's got issues. That's me. He chose me to do his work. He chose me to serve him. He chose me to praise him. And because of that revelation, I live my life every day, doing my best, the best that I can to please him and to serve him because he didn't have to do it. He didn't. We think that God owes us something. God owes us nothing, but we owe him everything. If you're thankful that he chose you, I want you to just lift your hands and, 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 and give God some adoration for choosing you. Out of all the people in the world, he chose you. Messed up, jacked up, crazy, got issues, Lord, but you chose me. Thank you. You didn't have to do it, but you did. And if you're thankful unto him, if you, if you are grateful unto him, I want you to give God the biggest hand clap of praise.